Lucky the seeds have been preserved here in the vault there. What's that splork on them? It's not germs, is it? No. Welcome to the world of tomorrow. This is Back to the Futurama, your podcast voyage through the Comedy Central reboot of one of the greatest TV shows Fox ever canceled. I'm Ben. And I'm Mike. And today we're talking about Season 6, Episode 13, the Futurama Holiday Spectacular. So I have a question for you, Ben. Okay. Which is pretty standard for my opening bit. Yeah, no. You say say I have a question and Mike, my eyes glaze over... (laughs) Um, I sort of stare into those mm-hmm. headlights like a deer. Yeah, because like, you have no uh-huh. idea what I'm about to ask. Um, I'm, this question assumes a uh, a non-barter society. Okay. What is the funniest thing to pay for something with and expect change back? The funniest thing to pay for something with. Yes, and expect change back. I'm going to take to that because I don't want to end that sentence with a preposition. What is the funniest thing with which to pay for goods that is not money? That is the question. Expecting change. Expecting change. Yes. Okay. Um, like not just here is the thing. Thank you for my thing. No, but like I'll give you this gold piece, but I expect $20 back and the stuff. Follow up question. Does okay. it have to be a physical object? I almost preferred if it wasn't. A song. Ooh, how much change do you get back from a song? I would like... I, lo- I want... I say, I'm, I have a slice of pizza. You uh-huh. want this slice of pizza. It's go, a delicious slice of pizza. I was going to go with a Taco Bell Supreme Crunch Wrap. Okay, that's a better touch I've point. been thinking about Taco Bell a lot lately. Okay. So. I'm like, I've got this Crunch Wrap, and you want to buy it. <laughs> but you're going to pay me in a song, and then you need change for that song. Uh-huh. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get more in value than is worth the Crunch Wrap. How much money am I giving you back? How much? So let's say, I don't even know how the, like a, a $2 now? I don't know. I think, I mean, frankly, I probably overpaid with that song, but I mean, let's be. Right. You know, but right. that's why you're getting cash back. So, um, I'm going to say 27 cents. I get 27 back cents back on that purchase. So if the Crunchwrap was worth two, $2, okay. you've paid $2 and 27 cents with the song. Is that what you're saying? Yes, a song for me is worth $2.27. That is exactly what I said. That is a perfect uh, piece of information. I can take this back to uh, to the scientists and really really understand how this this framework mm-hmm. is supposed to work. Now, be aware that is at today's exchange rate. Right. Because yeah, that will fluctuate rate. with the market. Song exchange rates are wildly vacillating right now. It's very it's a very weird system um that we still haven't quite gotten there yet. Uh-huh. It's sure. it's like it's it's like bitcoin but but less worth less right also um i do need to double check something real quick how much is a taco bell supreme crunch wrap (laughs) from fast food menu prices that sounds like a good website um yes crunch wrap supreme 2.99 okay so you wouldn't you you would have to give me two songs Yes, I'd have to give because they they're both <laughs> worth two twenty seven, correct. 
So then, okay, now we're doing <laughs> me- mental math. That would be 454, I believe, if I've done the math correctly. Um, so then I would have to give you back some money. Yeah, <laughs> like that's, how math, that's exactly how math works. $1.50. Yes. Yeah, okay. But you'd have to sing two songs. Two different songs. Mm-hmm. Unless the exchange rate gets better. It's true. Here's hoping. So Here's hoping songs become more valuable someday. Uh-huh. I mean, I... Man, I was about to go on a whole tangent about copyright and how finally <laughs> things are entering the public domain for the first time after dozens of years. Um, but that's a whole different topic for a whole different day. Yeah. This isn't about... <laughs> yeah, the- this is... That's a little less comedic <laughs> than the idea of exchange rates between song and money. Although I guess it's kind of on the same subject, huh? On this side of the table, we've got Mike being like, how would you pay for things without money and exchange uh, and want change back? And I'm like... On today's episode, we're talking about works of art entering the public domain for the first time in many years due to continual extension of copyright in the United States. I'm joined today by Mike. Welcome to Futurama Air. Anyway, like fresh air on, on NPR. Anyway. Uh, yeah, Futurama Holiday Spectacular. We have some differing uh, energies coming to the room today, and I kinda, I'm kind of here for it. So... This this one's gonna be a weird one. Yeah. Um, let's let's call it at the of, beginning. We're just kind of sledding down the opposite side of that holiday hill, mm-hmm. if you will. We're basically just reminding people of holidays they they've already enjoyed. And uh, yeah, it's this one's weird. Shall we just mention up front that we're two white guys talking about <laughs> uh, uh, Robonica and Kwanzaa? Uh huh. Yeah. No, that's gonna be weird. It's gonna be weird. So strap in and ho- hopefully we don't make asses of ourselves. Took me a while to remember if I could say asses on this podcast, <laughs> and I can because it's, Bender does. It's one of Bender's favorite words. Of course, we can say ass on this podcast. Just like I can say daffodil, and I can say pimp mobile. <laughs> I would hope you say it like that every time. Uh, Which I probably said the first time it came up. So this is a. Uh, like three part, um, one of the it's one of those episodes where it's sort of chopped up into three different yeah. acts. It's like the um, anthology of interest. Yeah, they're not canonical. Um, they better not be. <laughs> if they're not canonical, our podcast is done today. <laughs> it's true. So yeah, they are non canonical episodes mm-hmm. about three different holidays. The first one is Xmas. Um, so we are welcome to the Futurama Holiday Spectacular, sponsored by Gunderson's Unshelled Nuts. Uh-huh. And right off the bat, Amy is like, who wants some unshelled nuts? Did not drop the name brand, though. That feels like a mistake on Amy's part. Maybe. Did she drop? I don't know. She might not have. I don't think she did. Okay. I just think she said, so who wants some delicious unshelled nuts? We'll see if you name the brand, then it's... Like, if you're just constantly, like, Gunderson's, 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 mm-hmm. it comes off a little trying too hard. Okay. You mentioned it one time, right? You mentioned Taco Bell at the top of the episode. Mm-hmm. And then... You say Taco Bell in Act 1. And then... The, and you fire it in Act and 3. And then you just keep talking about tacos, but you don't mention it again. And then oh. that way, they don't think that we're shills for a certain taco franchise. Uh-huh. Also, I, I recognize what I said about Taco Bell in Act 3 and firing it, and I don't want to think about that because I know how Taco Bell deals with me. Well, you know. Well, that's that's in the, later in this episode because of the 50-year squirts. 
which uh-huh. I imagine we'll be ex- discussing at length. Oh, good. Um, also, <laughs> I would like to point out we're not actually sponsored by Taco Bell, but Taco Bell, if you want, yes, if you want to sponsor this, I will gladly be paid in tacos. We we are open for sponsorship opportunities. Uh huh. Are we actually? <laughs> I mean, I'm saying it on the podcast as a joke, but I don't know if that's actually real or not. You know, if Taco Bell wants to sponsor us, I'm not going to say no to that. True. I'll take pretty much any deal, Taco Bell, at me. A single taco. I mean, you know, per episode. Ooh, taco per. I mean, we'll we'll talk. So, will will, will their people call our people, aka us? Yes. Okay. Bender is a nutcracker, so he cracks that unshelled nut. And meanwhile, um, Fry is sad. I, I believe before we cut to Fry being sad, Amy says it's not very good. Oh, yes. Yes, she does. It's a very terrible catchphrase. It's awful, but kind of amazing. Uh Uh-huh. So. Also, (laughs) back to the Futurama. It's terrible, but kind of amazing. Sure. That makes sense. So, yeah, Fry is sad uh, because everyone's getting ready for Xmas. And Leela asks, why are you so sad? Are you regretting wasting another year? Which I get. Hashtag feels. Hashtag feels. And then he's like, no, I just don't really understand, you know, like, Xmas just doesn't feel like Christmas, you know? And this is when all the alarms go off because Santa's coming. And all defenses are initiated. Uh-huh. And so Santa comes in and, um, well, also Fry is like, I still, I'm, my notes are not great in this episode. <laughs> It's a little, it's, it was a hard one to kind of keep track of. Fry, so. It was moving and dancing and going all over the place. So Santa comes in and, and says something. I don't remember what. And Fry's like, um. I I hope somebody can help me figure out how to celebrate this crazy holiday, preferably in song. And then Santa starts singing a song. So you know how I say if any TV, if any comedy TV show lasts long enough to have a musical episode, Mm -hmm. welcome to that musical episode. We did it. It also be, it it also be holiday. (laughs) I don't know why, why words failed me there, but it did. And we will get to it. Strangely, Al Gore centric. (laughs) You know what they say about if TV shows go long enough, all their plots become about Al Gore. I mean, hey, Al Gore was in 30 Rock. Sure. Um, a couple of times. Sure. He was in uh, Parks and Rec. I mean, he had to have been. A lot of people were. Yeah. Oh, that seems right. Um, I'm not going to Google it. He's been in stuff. He's certainly been in Futurama before. Remember about Harry Potter and the Balance of Earth? It's one of my favorite books. <laughs> so, uh, yes. Santa starts singing a song and attacking everybody and i didn't write down anything that happens other than there's exploding fruitcake involved the only thing i have written down is that they need a pine tree that's coniferous a pine tree that's coniferous because i think they rhyme it with splendiferous or something it's like that's a weird thing for robot santa to be saying so yes uh fry's like you know santa may have killed scruffy but he's right but we find out that that's impossible because pine trees have been, have been extinct for hundreds of years. Leela says, there's got to be some hope. We brought the barking snake back, which is a hilarious idea. Um, but it turns out that pine trees just won't turn up in a salad at Olive Garden. I mean, have you been to Olive Garden? 
I have. I've not seen any pine trees, but I would not be surprised. Well, all I'm saying is when I want a nice sit down meal, I don't go for the Olive Garden. I definitely go for some tacos. Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> see, see, and, I'm just, and some wraps with crunching in there. I'm just showing how smoothly and flawlessly I can lay down this product <laughs> placement. We're not even in an ad break. The, Look the how fans, smooth we are. The fans didn't even notice that I was hinting at the joyousness that is Taco Bell. They certainly still don't know. All they know is, man, I would really love some delicious beef and cheese and rice and other things that go in a Taco Bell thing. So, um, Baja Blast, is that a thing still? I don't know. I never, I never really did it. So you never got blasted Baja style. I I never got blasted Baja style. That is correct. (laughs) Oh my. So, uh, the professor delivers a line that is always hilarious to me. It's there is one hope. And as usual, it's Norwegian. mm -hmm. It's very good. Um, they go and fly off to the, and I'm probably going to say this incorrectly. The, Svalbard Global Seed Vault, which is a real thing. Yep. Um, Futurama didn't make it up. It's an actual vault where seeds from, I don't know about every, but Mm -hmm. like most major plants are stored in the Arctic tundra uh, to basically keep them in case uh, any specific plants go extinct. Uh, However, I do believe there is a Futurama invention of the next door germ warfare repository. I certainly hope so. With wide open flapping windows. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Leela's like, hey, is there a chance that that could have cross contaminated? And the guard's like, no. Also, the guard has some barking snakes, which I love because I didn't even write down the barking snakes the first time Mm -hmm. because I was like, okay, whatever. It's a dumb throwaway joke. But then the but guard that's the has kind of joke that I love though. Then a guard has a couple of barking snakes yeah. helping him guard the seed vault. It's pretty good. It's quite good. I, I I love it when it just like calls back to itself pretty quickly. The the it callbacks makes... in these sort of three distinct story episodes um are very interesting to me. Because either it's the things like Gunderson's nuts, where it's just like gotta find a way to to sneak it in every mm-hmm. Uh, every bit or every act and then you get the ones like oh yeah we brought back the barking snake we have to reference that as many times as humanly possible (laughs) in the next five minutes (laughs) go we don't have a lot of time but we spent a lot of money on this joke apparently (laughs) i don't know if that's how joke writing works we drew a new thing we want to draw it draw it five times we paid for a whole lot of dog barking sound effects they sure did so let's get this snake in here as much as possible (laughs) so unfortunately all pine trees were chopped down to make emergency toilet paper during the 50 year squirts Uh uh-huh i'm not going to talk about any specific foods right now that's good i'm trying to score some sponsorship deals (laughs) over here my dude um i do find it interesting that the uh the choice to cut down all the pine trees to make emergency toilet paper instead of other options like bidets clearly they have not talked to the stool pigeons exactly who are very much on team bidet pro bidet that that's weird to say that that doesn't seem like two separate words but you know what when when you are in that dire of a situation mm-hmm. you got to do what you got to do I mean, I, f- I feel like as 
somebody that doesn't want to be wasteful or extinct an entire tr- tree type, I would be like, I'll, 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 as an American, I will feel weird with a bidet, but I will do this for my country and for my planet. Okay. It's um, a patriotic thing. Starting to sound a lot like Al Gore. Now, now hold on. I'm not trying to pay for things with a Nobel Prize over here. They see a couple of green spots, mm-hmm. which Amy calls splorches. Uh, no, splorks. Excuse Splork, me. Yeah. Uh, she calls them splorks. And she's like, what are, what's those splorks on them? It's not germs, is it? No. I, I do love the guard. So yeah, because every time they're like the, the germs, there's no chance the germs can like get in here and infect anything. He's just like, no. Yeah, he takes a beat and's like, no, but like not in a convincing way. Uh huh. So uh, they bring back some seeds, plant a tree, and a year later for Xmas, they have a little like Charlie Brown style mm-hmm. sad Christmas tree. Xmas tree. Yeah. Excuse me. Fry says it's a fine tree to cut down. Then Nixon drives up and is like, that's exactly what we need. So they get the tree. He, he, he tells Dick Cheney that he needs his numbers to his numbers would need to have these happy voters and enjoying some holiday cheer. And Dick Nord, uh, Dick Cheney orders Nixon as his vice president to steal that tree. You yeah, know. that's politics for you. I, I do want to point out that President Nixon's like limo does run over Tinny Tim. Yes, that does happen. That's very sad for Tinny Tim, but it's kind of within It's his... sort of the status quo for Tinny Tim. It's still sad, though. The saddest quo. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like uh, I made James of Unabashedly Obsessed very happy with that pun. The saddest quo. We're just going to okay. name drop all the podcasts right before we go to PodCon. I mean, that's how you do it. You name drop a bunch of podcasts. Yeah. You go to PodCon. Yeah. You hang out with all the... Po- podcon people i thought you were gonna say you hang out with all the podcasts i mean yes you do um taco bell sees that you are really hip and hanging out with all the cool podcasts and then they're like hey ben what's up you hey should, ben we, you we, should, saw, we, we saw you hang out with roman mars we saw you existed in the same room as roman mars and did not speak a word to each other you're certainly cool enough just name drop us and we'll give you some free tacos if this if this pod, this episode doesn't have like Taco Bell presents the feature of my holiday spectacular, I, I will walk. Oh man! Nixon and Cheney steal the tree, mm-hmm. and it's planted out on the White House lawn, and it is huge. Well, it starts off kind of small. Well, okay, it's yes, certainly Let bigger me, than it starts. Yes, it is bigger than it was before and far more filled out but it's still relative it's still shorter than a normal person right but it's far more filled out and it look it's a little different um nixon welcomes everyone to the annual xmas tree lighting brought to you by gundersons see there's gundersons again mm-hmm. um and then the tree mutates and grows super huge leela's like hey this might actually be good because um now the sickly little tree is now big and strong Amy asks the guard whether or not the seed could have been contaminated by a virus from the gem vault. The guard's like, I suppose. It's like, well, all right. <laughs> this is what it took for him to change his mind. I mean, that's fair. The tree starts launching pine cones at everyone that explode like hand grenades. Mm-hmm. And then reforestation begins. And Leela's like, this could be a good thing. The entire, wor- 
and then immediately the entire world becomes covered over by pine trees. Yep. But then, hey, you know, Leela's like, this could be a good thing because it's, you know, the world has been uh, reforested and Fry's like, it's like Earth was before the white man came along. He's not wrong. Uh huh. <laughs> and Al Gore so is there because he. <laughs> the, prof- the professor's like, all the trees are fighting global warming. You happy, Al Gore? Yep. And Al Gore is pretty happy. Uh, but... but then the. He said he'd be happier if he had lungs. I mean, yes. So. But then the oxygen level starts rising too much. And Al Gore, he's not too worried about it, as long as the oxygen levels stay below 70%. It immediately jumps to 80%. And then Bender, who actually announces, I don't feel like I've done anything in a while, pulls out a cigar (laughs) and lights it. And this, of course, causes the entirety of the Earth's atmosphere to combust, killing everyone involved. He does seem to enjoy the fact that the air is sparkling around him. He's like, ooh. And then... It would be a pretty cool effect to witness before you die. (laughs) You know, if that's the last thing I see before I die and the entire Earth is destroyed, you know, I've gone out pretty well. Yeah, there are worse ways to go. Yeah. I mean... Being burnt to death by the earth, yes, probably, is probably the, a pretty bad way to go. But I saw some sparkles before I did. Um, Robot Santa tells us, ho, 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 everyone's dead. Stay tuned for another tale of holiday hilarity. Just, just like I like my holidays. Actually, that's... Actually full of death. That's actually kind of true. <laughs> <laughs> go on. Because I am on team Die Hard as a Christmas movie. Okay, I see where your point is. So I do actually watch Die Hard on Christmas Eve sure. every year, and there's a lot of people who die in that. Mm-hmm. It's I, I, We have very similar traditions. I watch A Christmas Story. <laughs> um, it is very... Basically uh, the same thing. Basically the same thing. There's a Hans Gruber in each one, right? Uh-huh. There's a Hans Gruber in have every men- movie, have really. Have I mentioned that I haven't... I don't really watch A Christmas Story that closely anymore. You know, you you see it a couple of times, and you're like, yeah, okay, cool, whatever. You, you just remember the cadence of when you should probably turn away from, you know, the, the, the scene in the Chinese restaurant. You're like, ah, I'm good. I mostly remember the leg lamp, mm-hmm. because there was a place in my hometown that had one on oh, their, nice. uh, like, a restaurant... And I'd always sit at the one with the leg lamp just because I thought it was funny. Would you be mesmerized by electric sex? No, I'd mostly be mesmerized by my delicious breakfast burrito that oh, I would get there. That's good. And then I also remember, but I didn't say fudge because <laughs> I say that all the time. And yeah. somehow nobody knows what I'm talking about. It's very good. Uh, my f- uh, So this is... Since I'm going to just talk about a Christmas story now, uh, my favorite part in it is when uh, Ralphie is, it, he turns in his theme about the the, the BB gun and he, he pr- like believes his, his teacher to be like, it's wonderful, A, plus, plus. And she starts going around the room, like <laughs> off of the chalkboard. She's just in the background of the scene writing pluses on top of things. It's, it's it's she is one of the shining lights of the movie which is a great movie but she is just incredible okay also i can't i I can't tell you how many times i just yell bumper shoes so uh i love a christmas story i watch it very closely and i love it very much 
the Hans Gruber thing was a joke earlier. I didn't. I, I, I love the. I love the Christmas it, story. It takes all kinds. <laughs> it sure does. <laughs> Uh, all right, I got I got a Christmas story out of me and into the podcast. I'm I'm happy about well, it. Well, that's good because Christmas is over. We've done it. Part two is back. It's about Robonica. We, we return to uh, Gunderson's Nuts Holiday Spectacular featuring Futurama. They're all at Planet Express, and Bender is upset that robots don't get time off for their holidays. Right, and now that Christmas break is over, or X, sorry xmas break is over the crew has to destroy all the xmas presents they forgot to deliver and bender points out that he should get time off because robonica is the holiest six weeks of the robot calendar amy argues it's a fake holiday he makes up every year to get out of work and fry's like it can't be real there's no song to celebrate it so bender makes one up on the spot which Mm -hmm. is pretty good i like the fact that he's like hit it everybody's like wait hit what and it's like i put instruments under your chairs play them or i'll beat you and uh yeah they play pretty well for you know people who didn't know they were supposed to be playing a, a, a long cherished robonica tune yeah like they didn't even they don't seem to have music in front of them they're just just get going they're improv in it they're pretty good improv uh, uh musicians mm-hmm. and at this point in the show because we're two songs in this show could definitely buy one of those delicious Crunchwrap Supremes. Ooh, you're bringing it back. <laughs> oh, I see. You had you had a long con on this one, my friend. Ah, I see so, now. Uh, so yeah, Bender sings a song about Robonica. And um, again, because I didn't write really write yeah. down many notes in any of these songs. Mostly what I got from it is that uh, they don't have a dreidel. It's a droidal, which is programmed to basically make you lose and Bender wins. Sure. As all things, Bender wins. Exactly. One of the important things is that two fembots are supposed to oil wrestle for six and a half weeks, but Bender only has enough petroleum oil for four and a half weeks. Uh, and I believe they're fembots with illegal five speed groins. I think that was part of the song. I don't like it. <laughs> i was never that big of a fan of uh ren and stimpy but the one thing that i've mm-hmm. always cherished from ren and stimpy is no sir i don't like it i do i yeah it's very I, good i like that, was that in the log uh uh no it's just it was just some random horse guy oh, who'd always right. be around and be like no sir i don't like it i do like log log was okay uh, i mean it's not great it's no horse guy saying no sir i don't it's like true. it. it's true now, my favorite thing is, and something I don't use very often is, thanks, I hate it. <laughs> I need to start using it more. It's pretty good. So, yes, Bender starts filling this mm. inflatable pool with petroleum oil for the Fembot wrestling. Because they he only has four and a half weeks worth of petroleum oil, he needs more petroleum. Others like, why? Do, that's a lot of petroleum oil. Just use that. And it's like, this is not a lousy reform, Robonica. They go to a mobile oil mobile mobile. Okay, I've I was sure I was missing some sort of joke in there and just missed it, but you know, it, it, it's well because we've had it's mo- a blink and you'll miss it. We've joke. had mobile dick oil. That's true. Um, and so now there's mobile. Like there's a whole thing. There's Ally McBeal. That was a show oh, yeah. on Fox that, that, that could have been that joke. Yeah, but it wasn't. Mm-hmm. You want to do an Ally McBeal podcast when this one ends? Didn't that one have the dancing baby it in it? It had the dancing baby in it. 
I think I'd prefer a Frasier podcast. <laughs> they are at Mombiel. Uh, the the attendant there is like, well, I got some oil oil and some squirrel oil. And Bender rejects them both as they're not kosher. It has to be petroleum oil. Al Gore is also there because he's trying to get charged up with free solar. One unit of solar power, which the station attendant is like, I don't know, 10 bucks. And this is when Al Gore tries to pay for it with a Nobel Prize expecting some change back. Yep. I mean, okay. Now you see the genesis of my disastrous opening bit. Oh, I saw it already. So, well, I mean, the how many burritos could you buy with a Nobel Prize? Well, I feel like a Nobel Prize is priceless. It's it's so you you have made an indelible mark on humanity in some way, whether that's economically, scientifically. And other ones that I'm sure the Nobel Prize has that I don't remember off the top of my head. In uh, the arts other world? Other Yeah, exactly. So I'd say at least five. Okay. Okay, that's good to know. Taco Bell, please tweet at us. Tell me how many, if I get a Nobel Prize, how many burritos I can expect. It's important. It's very important. Please let us know before the next Nobel Prize nominations. Mm-hmm. So we know if we really need to work hard or not. Yeah, I... I need to really, really know this before I start getting into my research. So, or maybe we'll be nominated for this podcast. Unlikely, but you know. But yes. Yeah, so, who do we submit this podcast to to get on the Nobel Prize awards? Uh, we're doing a service here, and I think it's important that the Nobel Peace Prize people understand that I they're in Sweden, right? Tune. Well, we've already submitted it to iTunes. Well, then we're good. That's all I got. I don't know. Okay. Who who gives Nobel prizes for podcasts? Now, I now is it so there I think you're supposing is that there is a subcategory for Nobel prizes that like economics, there's now podcasts. Uh-huh. Yes, exactly. I see. I I feel like we we should we deserve to be talked about in that that category. Let alone win it. We will have to compete with Serial and My Brother, My Brother, and Me and um, 99% Invisible. Show me a topic that they have covered better than we have. <laughs> I'll send you a list. So <laughs> petroleum oil is all gone. There's no more left. The professor explains that the only... Because well, Bender requests the professor just make some more and the professor's like we can't do that petroleum oil is only created when organic matter is subjected to high pressures for hundreds of millions of years for i can't wait that long he has add i think that was my favorite joke in the entire episode it's a good one maybe because like i can relate but also just because like the idea of hundreds of of millions of years and it's like i can't wait that long neurotypical people can definitely wait hundreds of millions of years oh absolutely add nah no we got, 10, 10 million go years for a bit. 10 million years at the most yeah I'll, yeah that's, let's let's be real more like about three million mm-hmm. so if you really work on it five million maybe but bender is just really complaining mm-hmm. and begging and and tells a professor to look in the fembot's eye and tell them 
that, that their wrestling days are over. And the professor simply can't do it. So he says that there could be a minute quantity of petroleum left, but the pressure would be so dangerously high that... And then Bender's already in the ship, and it's honking, and he's like, let's go already. I do, I do love when Bender like s- stops listening and just like, come on. So they start digging down into the earth. The Bachman Turners are set to overdrive. Mm-hmm. That's a very good joke. It's very like, and it's just it's a throwaway. It's so it's, wonderful. Uh, yeah, so good. The uh, they end up in a tunnel somewhere, and they get attacked by an albino humping worm. Why do they call it that? Because it doesn't have any pigment. As it's like Humping doing its them. thing on the ship. Yeah. I do I do love that joke very much. It's like, that's not what I'm asking about. <laughs> They're about to turn back and then Bender is begging mm-hmm. for this petroleum oil. Th- they go further from 50 kilometers to 200 kilometers and the AC unit catches fire and Hermes ice cream sandwich melts. Excuse me, ice cream sandwich. That is the grossest sentence I have ever heard. An ice cream manwich. It doesn't look any different than a regular ice cream sandwich. I think he just doesn't know the word sandwich. I hope so, because the thought of an ice cream manwich fills me with the sort of dread that poets write about existentially while they contemplate the ideas of loneliness in a modern society. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. For whatever reason, I can only think of Dearest Martha today. I, 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 I created the idea of a, a ice cream sandwich, and I feel horrified at I, what I have done. I went straight to the plums in the icebox, but Ooh. it's a ice cream sandwich in the icebox. I've eaten the ice cream sandwich yeah. in the icebox. Then I threw up. It was gross. And not very good. So... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so uh, Bender pleads and pleads and pleads, and um, they're just like... And Leela's like, what are what are we even doing? We're, we're going farther, risking our lives and our ship for Bender, who she calls a junkyard golem, so he can celebrate Robonica. And he re- recoils, calling her a vile racist. He also says that this is more important to him than life itself. And also, uh, well, and then at that point, he's like... Although, actually, I guess any oil could. And then at that point, they all get crushed. Mm-hmm. Except, except Bender. Bender. Yeah. Uh, so it cr- crushes and kills everyone else. And then 500 million years later, Bender kind of looks up. is like, where did the time go? He's sitting there singing, Bender is great. Bender is great. I like the idea that for f- 500 million years, he doesn't need alcohol. He doesn't need any lubrication. He's just like, I'm just going to chill here. That's what it's like when you don't have ADD, from what I understand. <laughs> He's so focused. He turns around and is like, hey, everybody. Oh. And then realizes they've all turned into petroleum. Yeah, he sees Fry's hair, which is still there somehow. <laughs> 500 million years later. Well, if it's not there, who is it? Who could it be? He sees Fry's hair on some oil. And he's like, you turned yourselves into oil for me. And so he goes back up to Planet Express. He, like, uses himself to drill back up there. And the fembots are still wrestling in the oil 500 million in, years later. In this, like, ruined Earth with a, like, almost falling apart Planet Express uh, a building. 
and the 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 petroleum should have only lasted for four and a half weeks, but lasted over five hundred million years. It's a miracle, indeed. Um, and then it kind of we get a zoom away from the Planet Express building, which is the only building left standing in a like waterless world. Oh yeah, no, everyone's dead again. Yeah, and so we get our commercial break, and we come back for the final act of this holiday spectacular. I believe the Gunderson's Nuts doesn't even have Futurama, but tells you not to eat a specific lot of nuts. Yep, that's a fact. Don't eat that lot. I don't want to know what happens if you eat that lot of nuts. This episode starts out at the Conrad house home. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is Kwanzaa. And everybody's coming to celebrate. Leela offers a chocolate cake and she's like, oh, I feel like this is offensive in some way. Meanwhile, Bubblegum Tate shows up and he brought Dwight a book on Mathketball. The Mathketball Diaries, which is tremendous. And then <laughs> Dwight's like, cool, and like jump shots it directly into the garbage. I mean, it's uh, th- this little joke is like my favorite. I mean, so Moneyball was okay. a movie that was very yes. big based on a thing that it was big in sports from what i understand mm-hmm. i didn't see the movie but it helped a team oakland yep the oakland a's that's the one uh-huh i know a thing or two about sports ball you know a thing or two things <laughs> and it helped them so Moneyball was big so i have to assume that Mathketball would also be pretty dang big i'm assuming so yes especially with ethan bubblegum tate I just assume that basketball is like Moneyball on steroids, but for basketball and also involves even more math. Mm-hmm. It's definitely all about math. I don't know where to follow. Yeah, I don't, I don't have a joke for, hey, I knew a thing about sports. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it kind of just works. <laughs> uh, so the uh, Barbados. Other than sports go sports. Barbados Slim is also there, much comes, to Hermes dismay. He comes in without a shirt and just shrugging off snow off of his shoulders. I mean, look, if I looked like that, I would never wear a shirt ever. Who's going to stop me? <laughs> well, don't some businesses have no shirt, no shoes, no service? They'd make an exception. Barbados Ben. Look. Ben Bados Slim? Ben, ben Bados is... <laughs> I don't like it. Okay. No, sir. I don't like it. Um, Colorado Ben. So (laughs) I thought you were in Colorado. Look at my pecs. But yes. No, if I like if I walk into a place looking ripped like that, (laughs) people are going to be like, no shirt, no shoes, except for that guy. You can have your taco. That's totally fine. Mm -hmm. And like Taco Bell is going to roll with it. We're just going to throw in a Crunchwrap. Yeah, exactly. I don't even need to pay for it. Yeah, because you're just so you you've paid us with being so handsome. Exactly. It would be a crime to put a shirt on that body, mm-hmm. is what I'm saying. Uh, on Barbados Ben. On whatever the hell you want to call me <laughs> when I'm that jacked. <laughs> Swole Ben. Swole Gaines Ben. Swole Gaines. Anyways, they are sitting around at the dinner table and. They are trying to explain Kwanzaa. A tradition that spans over a thousand years. To all of the white people in the room who have no idea what it's about. 
Zoidberg says, I wish somebody would could come teach them about it and turns directly to the wall. Expectantly. And Kwanzaabot breaks through right there. Very Kool-Aid man-esque. He's even like, oh yeah. And Dwight is like, oh, Kool-Aid's here. <laughs> and La Barbara says, no, this isn't a fictional character. This is Kwanzaabot. <laughs> I do love, I do love the meta humor. I always do. Uh, so... Kwanzaa bot starts singing about what Kwanzaa is all about, which again, I did not take any real notes in any of these songs. Um, I mostly basically it feels to me, these songs feel like, ah, and then here's some plot at the very end. Right. So the important thing, I do love that Kwanzaa bot does, does seem to lose interest in the whole thing midway through. It's like, right. He, the important thing is Kwanzaa bot sort of, trails off and gets he throws in a little bit of xmas and a little bit of robonica in like he doesn't really he's know like what's I'm, going on i feel like he's just trying to put it together on the fly he's like uh yeah and there's a tree and uh oil mm-hmm. and uh but the one thing he does know the the important point that he wants to impart upon everybody is that there are seven candles in this um i believe it's called a canara i did google that very specifically okay good because i didn't know how to describe it it's kind of like a a wooden like like stair step candelabra thing so but yeah there are seven candles and it's very important that they are made out of beeswax Mm -hmm. not regular scented normal wax candles because those are for white women taking baths i believe is what what kwan's butt says uh, well, the, the candles have to be beeswax or you might as well be white, is oh, what he says. Oh, yeah, I, mi- I mixed up a couple different things. He does he does reference scented candles are for women taking baths. Yes. So they go to Petunia's self-service bee farm to get some beeswax. Uh, uh, Finally, a late night bee farm that's open on Kwanzaa. <laughs> <laughs> I do love, La Barbara's like, we have to go get beeswax candles. And Hermes is like, I'm pretty sure it's the last night of Kwanzaa. And Kwanzaa likes, who knows? It's so like, all right Kwanzaa bot dedication to the bit so yes they go to they go to petunia's self-serve bee farm who petunia kind of hits on hermes and everybody like wretches and we find out here that there is no beeswax in the whole world because they all have colony collapse syndrome and the professor like takes out a, a magnifying glass and sees all the little parasites on all the bees mm-hmm. it's certainly not similar to either of the other stories we've already watched Uh, all the bees are acting weird because they all have parasites yes it's a very environmental sort of message for some reason Mm -hmm. and so the there's a lot no for some reason they're all kind of environmental too no i i get it i'm just saying that's a weird I mean, I'll get into it more in grades. Oh but yeah, it's a, we're gonna talk a lot a about weird grades. Thing to be like, here's a Christmas episode that looks like it should be on Earth Day. Like, <laughs> it's very weird. So, Fry suggests that, that since there's no beeswax on Earth, why not? Why don't we go get some beeswax from those giant space bees that nearly killed us, and then we swore to never go back there. Let's go back there. So they go to the space bee colony mm-hmm. and they use transbumbulators to talk with the bees which uh 
when they're testing it out, Bender buzzes a bunch and Leela's like, what do you want me to put on the glass? And he's like, and she's like, okay, if we survive, which I don't, I have questions. I don't, why, why does Bender want this? It's a very, it's a very odd thing going on here. It feels like a joke that like shouldn't have made it out of the writer's room because it's okay. Okay. So they uh, they land. And they get out. And Amy's like, it's too quiet. Like a Prius. And so they see a bunch of bees coming at them. And they start freaking out. But then all the bees start flying. They look kind of like they're drunk almost. A little bit, like yeah. they're swerving around. And they crash into walls and explode. Because that's what they do mm-hmm. when they crash into things. It, Leela points out it's like the Jägermeister air show all over again. Which sounds like a horrible thing. It absolutely does. And so they use Google Hive to find the exact center of the hive. And also that there's a Jamba Juice 0.2 miles that way. I'm surprised that in the 10 years or so that, well, no, wait, when did this come out? 2012, I think we figured out. Sure. In the many, I'm just surprised that in the many years since this has come out, Google doesn't have a service called Hive. Oh, yeah, that makes yeah, huh? Like I'm surprised it, 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 it's not a service they've started, used for a year, and then shut down. Uh huh. R.I.P. Inbox. It's not even dead yet, but I still R.I.P. I loved Inbox. I love Inbox. It's the best. You killed it for what? Uh huh. It's going up to that big <laughs> Git repository in the sky, along with. No, don't say it like that. That makes it sound real sad. I'm a computer along with scientist. Reader and. Uh, oh, reader. At least Google at least, Plus. At, if you liked Reader, try Newsblur. It's fantastic. Or have a taco. Or yeah. Or, just, or a crunch wrap. Uh huh. Oh um, yeah. I should probably. <laughs> whoops. <laughs> I forgot this isn't my recommendation podcast that exists. Definitely a hundred percent. Um, Mike's favorite <laughs> things. So yes, they find the center of the hive, and they find where the queen is. Uh, Bender is like kind of insulting her being hairy thoraxed and stuff like that. And it's like, Hey, don't you apply that Eurocentric standards of beauty on me? And we find out that everyone, all the bees are acting real crazy because they all also have the parasites. Uh, the <laughs> queen bee calls them blood ganking butt crabs. And Zoidberg replies, been there, done that. Zoidberg is always is a delight. So instead of working in harmony, all the bees just, quote, talk smack to each other. Which basically is just threaten each other with apparently guns. Yeah. That's what they do. I I guess. Uh, So Leela kind of inches away and scrapes up some beeswax like, okay, I've got enough beeswax. We can go. And Hermes refuses because he needs to organize these bees into a more harmonious state. He can't abide all this bee on bee conflict. He starts working to, I don't have the notes on how he does this. He he basically says a line and everybody's like, you know, you're right. He shows them the spirit of Kwanzaa and they all, all unite together. uh, And as, as they're reconciling their differences, all the parasites just magically die. Yep. The spirit of Kwanzaa kills the parasites, Mm -hmm. but not before the bees kill Kwanzaa bot who shows up. Right. Because the bees have gone back to the single hive mind and they're going to kill the planet X. Uh, the Plan X crew, and then Quanzabot jumps in and is like, Quanzabot's here to save us. Oh, he's dead. So the uh, 
crew does not manage to escape. They all get turned into Kwanzaa candles for the bees. Mm-hmm. And then Al Gore shows up. Yeah, because a blue curtain comes down on the show. And he uh, says, don't worry. The Futurama crew will be back next week with your favorites, Bender and Leela and me as Captain Lance Starman. And also Amy's there in a suit uh, advertising for Gunderson's Nuts. And that's the end of the episode. Yeah, and that means that it's time for... Grades. This one's a weird one. Um, okay. So, I feel like uh, Futurama has previously shown that it can do these three separate storyline things mm-hmm. that the Simpsons popularized before Futurama was even born, um, particularly with the Treehouse of Horror and all sure. of that stuff. All the different um, anthologies, yes. Futurama has shown that it can do that because it's got the anthologies of interest one and two, and I really enjoy both of those episodes. Agreed. I don't feel that way about this episode. It's not, I don't know, it feels, it it feels a little bit more forced, and I feel like even a lot of the jokes are kind of like, huh, huh, like, you know, we're being all weird about this for this holiday season, and I don't know. It just does not. I don't find it particularly great, um, especially when I know that they can do better mm-hmm. uh, with the, the anthology sort of episodes. Um, with that said, I didn't hate it. There's some pretty good jokes in there. Uh, Mathketball was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fry's ADD was great. Um, you know, some pretty good stuff. But overall, um, this this one i'm gonna say c minus okay uh because i feel like it is pretty skippable it's not even canonical like if you didn't watch this i don't feel like you would be really missing much sure um other than like al gore's there a bunch and also yeah what's with the like i mean don't get me wrong okay the environment's important and i don't want to die in a nightmarish hellscape i think we can all agree on that unless you do i mean don't at me but um (laughs) i think this is the first time you've said don't at me usually you're like please at us only at me if you want to give me tacos um Ah, you'll never get added at again but yeah no it's just it's a weird thing to be like hey check it out it's our holiday episode and also al gore is gonna really drive home three important environmental points arbor day is a holiday it's true. They could have just done an Arbor Day holiday, it's true. though. Because that's in, like, what, April? Something like that. Yeah, no, one, no one's making an Arbor Day episode. When is Arbor Day? Arbor Day is on Friday, April 26, 2019. Boom. Nailed yeah, it. You, April. You nailed it. Yes. So, anyways, I don't know. It's it's just weird. Yeah. Uh, so, C-minus was... What? Yeah, C-minus is what I'm going with. Yeah, I don't... I, I think it's inherently skippable. It's... If it were funnier, I think it would be less skippable, but I I, I think it's it, it even tells the same story three times with different set dressing to me. Sure, yeah, definitely. I it's, get that. It's like the environmentalism thing kind of runs through, which again Again, don't wanna there. don't wanna die in an environmental hellscape hellscape, I get that. I yeah, I can agree with that. I just I don't think it's very funny and I don't think it like 
some sometimes there's that irreverent nature around holidays and what's what it means to people and then sometimes it just it crosses the line a little bit to me of being flippant and not sure not having a point but just being like look at us we're making fun of it look 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 mm-hmm. and i this one crossed the line to me to of the this isn't really funny it's just kind of almost mean-spirited a little bit especially the the kwanzaa bit to me it felt really not great Yes, there are some funny bits. Like I really ad- appreciate Zoidberg turning to the wall and staring at it before Kwanzaa Bot shows up and lampshading that a little bit. It just doesn't. It, it just never feels coherent to me. I mean, it 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 doesn't. Even the anthologies don't feel coherent, but they're not supposed to be, right? But even this, it just feels like I'm listening to the same story three times. Yeah, with different set dressing, and I didn't really appreciate that. And the jokes aren't very good except for the two or three that are and i i think you have to have way more jokes in a future episode to get a good grade from sure so i mean i i think i'm gonna give it a d i didn't like it okay i mean i was considering you know dropping into that i just i mean it i i get what they're going for and i just don't think it's very successful yeah i'd agree with that like if if the funniest thing i can think of is is fry thinking his add is he's not going to be able to focus for 500 million years. Uh, I mean, there's nothing in the plot that's inherently funny. Yeah. I I, I mean, that, that that's how I feel about it. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Uh, but we want to know how you feel about it, dear listener. Um, did, did you like it? Did you, you like it? Do you have umbrage with how we talked about it? <laughs> Please uh, tell us directly. Do you work for Taco Bell and want to sponsor us and give me free tacos in the process? us or just you i mean you said some pretty inflammatory things about i don't what it does to your bowels look i'm that's not as a i i'm just it's constructive criticism (laughs) okay you you're i said inflammatory things because it causes inflammatory things to happen to me right so i'm just saying talk about maybe we could work together improve things okay well it if you work for Taco Bell and want to sponsor us, let us know. If you just want to sponsor me, now, let me know. The idea of just some guy, it's like Roger from Taco Bell, sponsored <laughs> this episode of Back to the Futurama. Hello, I'm Roger from Taco Bell. Um, <laughs> Come to the Scottsdale Taco Bell. It's like, all right, this is what you, okay, this is what you wanted. Sweet, now I get tacos anytime i'm in scottsdale you know how often you were in scottsdale a place i've definitely been ever um and that we definitely know which state it's supposed to be in i think arizona i want to say i'm assuming yes so roger you tell us if you're roger from the scottsdale taco bell uh let us know give us a call if you have anything else you want to let us know about regarding this episode or futurama or taco bell or um any of the other things we talked about i must be really hungry because now i'm just like i'm really on that (laughs) taco bell thing (laughs) remember how i was like my whole branding strategy is to mention the brand once and then just talk about the food i've mentioned (laughs) the company name so many times at this point i'm afraid i might get sued in the last two minutes it's been like just every other second it feels like 
Anyways, you can email us at backtothefuturamapodcast at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at backtofuturama. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash backtofuturama. We are on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, so find us there, review us, rate us, and subscribe, and send to your friends so we can all eat that wonderful Crunchwrap together. And don't forget we have a Patreon, which is at patreon.com slash backtofuturama. I will definitely be posting Mike singing rainbow connection as kermit the frog it it's a pretty good bonus onto this that time. patreon it's think, pretty good i think it's worth the money and but uh, if you don't want to give us any money if you can't or if you you know you're just you're like oh they'll get the taco bell money don't i they don't need to worry canonically about that song is worth two dollars and 70 something cents exactly so um either way thank you for coming to the end of the episode this was as always, they're a challenge, so I, we do appreciate the fact that you come with us. This one was wild because I'm like, I don't even know what to say about it. Like half of it is song that I didn't take notes for, yeah. and uh, which is probably why I talked about tacos so much. Um, and also, don't forget, we are going to be at PodCon this weekend. Again, <laughs> not, you know, doing anything. No. We'll be in attendance. We, but, we will exist in Seattle at PodCon. But if you are there, let us know. Uh, come say hi to us. and uh, Interview us for your podcast, maybe. I don't know. That actually did happen last year, though. It's true. Thank and, you, James and Aaron from Unabashedly Obsessed. And uh, yeah, we've got, we'll have some like stickers and stuff to... To, well, I keep saying and stuff. We'll have stickers and business cards and handshakes, maybe. And if we're lucky, some tacos from Taco Bell. More likely, subs from a, an unnamed sub place that is actually in the convention center. What is Taco Bell's? I was going to say their their slogan now, but I don't know what it is these days. Because it used to be Live Moss. And yeah, I think it might still be Live Moss. Or is it? think outside the bu- that's been a while that's been a long time i don't know what t- t- taco uh, at, roger uh, from taco bell <laughs> tweet at us tell us, us what your know. motto is so we can we can do this better anyways we're gonna get the f out of here because <laughs> we need to because at this point what are we even doing Talking so about taco bell and roger anyways uh yes hope to see people at PodCon, and if not we will see you next time next week same time same place same futurama time same futurama channel and until then i'm ben and i'm mike goodbye Goodbye from from the the world world of tomorrow. tomorrow